It's March Marketing Madness, and this episode is complete madness. This month, we're talking all things marketing, and what's funny is what's shaking out is mostly ways that you can find new ideal clients without spending very much moolah. And I didn't intend to lean towards free or low-cost marketing strategies, but when you come across some advisors who are just crushing the prospecting game without blowing out a budget, I have to stop and pay attention. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Moshe Grunhut. He caught my attention when he stated that he got 50 new clients just from his LinkedIn strategy, get this, in just 12 months. And I don't mean him searching and running sets and reaching out to prospects. We're talking people reaching out to him. No fancy profile sorts, no cheesy pitching. I can't wait to implement his suggestions in my own LinkedIn strategy. In today's episode, you'll meet our guest, Masha, and we're digging into how he structures his posts to capture so much attention, his tips and tricks that he uses to maximize the algorithm and how to keep his engagement high, what he's doing differently that makes clients reach out to him, and then what does that conversation look like, and how he's navigated compliance to implement this strategy. So join us for this conversation about mastering LinkedIn. Look, I know you're here because this career is hard, but you know it's possible to have your dream business. You know, the one that you're running instead of it running you. Hi, I'm Libby Grywe, and I built a 100% referral-only planning practice and grew it to seven figures as a solo advisor, all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year to lean into being a mom, wife, friend, sister, daughter, and frankly, a travel-obsessed human. I'm here to teach you how to do exactly the same and to help you take immediate action on the most important strategies for scaling organizing, and creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. We're about to transform your practice, so move over, Advisor ADD. It's time to take that one right next step to build a business and a life that you love. So let's dive in. When I was running my advisory business, I'll admit I didn't use LinkedIn. I know, I know. Since by the end of my career, we were referral only, so I got totally neglected on the LinkedIn thing. But I did know in the back of my mind that it was a huge resource that I was not only not taking advantage of fully, but I wasn't even scratching the surface. And I do think using LinkedIn would have elevated our practice and elevated our referral system a zillion fold. So coming back into the financial advising world as the efficient advisor, I knew I wanted to master LinkedIn. And I knew then that I wanted to share everything that I was learning with the advisors that listen. Right. So I want to give you the shortcuts. I want to go right to the how. And I haven't exactly mastered LinkedIn yet, but I am diligently learning and tracking all of the things for you guys. And in the process, I have come across some people who are just killing the LinkedIn game. And when I came across our guest today, Moshe Grunhut on LinkedIn, I knew I had to share this dude with you. Moshe's post that got my attention is one where he shared that he got 50 new clients last year off of LinkedIn. And the crazy part is that most of the leads were actually 
inbound, meaning the clients were coming to him instead of him going to them. So that is really, really exciting. And Moshe is here today to share some very specific how he did it type stuff for you guys. Moshe is affiliated with New York Life. So I just wanted to clarify and put in this disclaimer, you guys know the drill and all of the advisors are smiling as they listen because they will feel this. But this recording was prepared or accomplished by Moshe Grunhut in his personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this recording are his own and do not reflect the views of New York Life Insurance Company, its affiliates, or its employees. Okay, so now that's out of the way, Moshe, I am so excited. So I posted about interviewing you in the Efficient Advisor community on Facebook, and advisors went bananas. <laughs> so I like to ask our listeners ahead of time, what would be most helpful? You know, what would be the questions that they want to know? So I have tons and tons of questions for you today. So thank you so much for being here and being so willing to share some details of how you're using LinkedIn so effectively to grow your business. Thank you for having me. Um, my pleasure to be here. It's a topic I love talking about and something that I feel that everyone can gain from LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I hope that people, you know, take something from it and, you know, maybe implement something, but it's, it's a goldmine LinkedIn. There's just so much to gain from there and I'm happy to share it. Yeah. And I admitted in our opening that, you know, I did not use LinkedIn. The, maybe the only thing we did is use some of that canned corporate garbage content. I don't even know if we put that out there. I should probably scroll back and see if some of that's out there. But um, I, you know, just now kind of really taking advantage of the power of LinkedIn. And I am, as a tool, I am so impressed compared to so many other kind of social platforms. So tell us a little bit, how has LinkedIn impacted your business? So LinkedIn has impacted me like directly and indirectly, I would say. Directly, as you mentioned before, um, as you alluded to, about 50% of my business comes in directly from LinkedIn. Um, it's, I, I mean, it's something I could have never really hoped for, but it's been amazing. Um, Revenue-wise, it's probably more than 50% of my business. But indirectly, it's, it has allowed me to avoid cold calling and so many other forms of uh, prospecting or selling that is unpleasant for me. Other people <laughs> might like it, but for me, it's unpleasant. So it has allowed me to do that. Um, and it also, it, it means I can always accomplish something because whenever I have a free moment, if I'm going on LinkedIn and I'm you know, commenting on someone's post or I'm posting or I'm doing anything really on there, it's just, it's networking. And it mm -hmm. just always gives me an opportunity. You never know where something's going to come from. So no matter what I do on there, it's potentially helping my business. So I don't really have much downtime in a sense because my downtime is spent productively on LinkedIn. So would you say that LinkedIn is kind of hands down your go-to marketing strategy? Yes, 100%. Yes. Uh, to a fault, potentially, people would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do a little bit of other things, but a lot of my eggs are in this basket and I mean, it has justified it over and over. So, yeah, well, who cares if you're getting the results and you're getting the numbers like you're getting, it really doesn't matter, exactly. <laughs> right? You do it until it stops working. Mm -hmm. Um, so share a little bit, like, how did you get started on LinkedIn? How did you kind of figure it all out? So was it most 
obviously trial and error? Did you take a course? Did you do research? You know, what did your start on LinkedIn look like? So a lot of people probably have LinkedIn accounts for a long time. I did not. When I first joined the industry, I made my account and I started observing. I just looked at other people. I knew that I wanted to get more involved, but I didn't know how, what, you know, like a lot of people, I just didn't know what to do. So I looked at what, what other people were doing that I liked. Some people I looked at, they were posting and doing things that I don't think are for me or don't particularly enjoy. So I didn't do that. But then I saw other people that I'm like, oh, I could do that. Or I like that style. So I started implementing it a little bit. And I would just little by little, I would start commenting on people's posts a little bit. That's how I started. And then I started posting a little. Um, the first posts were awful, to be honest. They were cringy. <laughs> My family would make sure I knew how cringy they were. Um, I was aware, you know, in the beginning, it was a little bit like I didn't feel so confident in what I was posting, but I knew that it was going to do something for me in the future. So I kept at it. By now, I'm pretty comfortable with what I'm putting out there and I actually like it. But everyone's first posts are going to be pretty cringy. Um, it's just part of it. That's <laughs> Thank just how you it for is. saying that. I love that because I always tell people, you know, like, especially if they're getting started in video or, you know, just anything that they're doing, like, just the first is the worst. It's always going to be the worst version. You're always going to get better. So it's just, you know, minimum viable product, right? Get it out there, do it crappy and make it fancy later. <laughs> okay. So I, I love that. Um, so you, you mentioned you kind of started with just observation. It sounds to me like you were just looking for people who were doing something and you kind of said, okay, that feels really authentic to me. And I'm going to not mimic them, but kind of take what they're doing and make that, make that my own. So what did that look like for you? Like, how did you kind of say, okay, I'm going to start creating content that's going to be so interesting or so compelling. So I think what's really amazing about you, or at least as the time we recorded this today, you have 13,000 followers on LinkedIn and you started your account how long ago? Um, probably 20 months ago. As a life insurance agent. Yeah. Yeah. So you had no personal like network already kind of in the loop. So you've done this over just a really short time frame, which is mind blowing and crazy impressive. So what do you think really led to that? How did you decide what kind of content? How did you just kind of give me the, the details of how you figured out what really worked to exponentially grow like that? It took time. I fell into like what I, what I'm doing now. I just tried different things. Like in every other area of life, you just try it. And over time, I realized like, you know, that's not working well. People don't like that. Or I don't like that. Um, oh, I'm good at this kind of post. You know, I, I, there's a certain style that became associated with me. And I have a lot of people in my network. If I post something differently, they point it out. They're like, oh, this is not what you usually do. Because I, I sort of created a style and a brand on there. Um, and yeah, it was all starting as, as, you know, an agent. And I tell a lot of people, if, if I can do this as a life insurance agent, anyone can, because we might be the most vilified industry on LinkedIn. So um, <laughs> yes, that if might I be can true. do it, really anyone can. <laughs> um, I just, over time, just really kept trying different things and, and it builds on itself. It, a lot of it just builds. It just so It's a slope. 
give us an example. Like what's something that you tried that just didn't work for you? Um, so I was trying in the beginning, I did a little, not necessarily inspirational type because you see a lot of people doing inspirational quotes. Um, and I was doing things a little bit like that because it looked like it was successful. It gets a lot of likes mm-hmm. and it just didn't feel right with me. And I don't think people liked it. You know, I got a few likes, but that was friends and family pretty much like we all get in the beginning. Um, but it, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. And I, I wanted to be a little more original. So I fell away from that over time. Mm-hmm. And so what, what would you say is sort of like your brand of post now? So you said you developed your own style. How would you describe a Moshe post? So it's really taking a random, relatable topic. It can be your favorite food, your you know, favorite vacation spot, um, or any relatable story, you know, a kid doing something uh, annoying or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, we all love our kids, but you know, our kids are not on LinkedIn, so we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> and then tying it back usually to what I do. So I'll, you know, mention a random topic, maybe ask a question open-ended so people can comment, which is a, you know, a side point is a big thing. Um, and then I'll tie it back to what I do just to remind people of what I do so that they always, you know, it's always on their minds. And, and then again, at the end, maybe repeat like the question or the topic that I was posting about so that it still remains relatable and not business related. Mm-hmm. So it brings in a big crowd because it's not specific to any type of person or any, you know, potential client necessarily, but it also mentions what I do, which is always good. You always mm-hmm. want people to know. So it sounds kind of like a sandwich, like it's something interesting, a little bit of business, and then finishing with something interesting. Yeah, I'll just okay. I'll stick in, I'll just stick in the little, you know, tie in to what I do at the end. Um, so I mentioned before that my network mentions it sometimes to me. And so sometimes when I post something that is just fully a random topic, they'll post in the comments, like, where's the tie in? <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh man, I've been like typecasted into this. So that was at the beginning when I was, I didn't even know it became my style, but then people started saying that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just lean into that because people seem to enjoy it. And that's what I've been doing. Okay. I like it. So do you use any of the canned stuff that your corporate headquarters puts out there for you guys to utilize? <laughs> no, I do not. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say it's a hundred percent bad, but I'll say this, when you're, when you're on any social media and you're posting or engaging with anyone, you're creating a brand. You're creating an image of who you are and what it would be like to work with you. If you post the generic posts, you build a generic brand. People, Amen. Yes. people look at you like you're you know, a, a, an employee of whoever, and you do exactly what their commercials and advertisements are. And that's what it would be like to work with you. Numbers and whatever else they advertise. If you post personal posts, you build, you know, very cliche at this point, but you build a personal brand. People know that working with you means working with this person that I have come to know and hopefully like on social media. And so they want to work with you. You might get clients both ways, but I think most people would rather get more clients and have people who 
you know, want to have a relationship with them. If someone's coming to you because of the generic posts, they probably just need a specific service and they don't plan on having any relationship. If you, if you're posting personal stuff and they reach out to you, then they want to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So I see a lot of times, especially the way that it appears the LinkedIn algorithm works is that if I'm following somebody, I get to see then the post of people they're following. And there have been times where I've gotten on and seen a corporate ad from no joke, 37 people within the first five minutes. Cause it all went up at the same time on the same day at the same, you know? Um, and it's funny cause it's just like generic, generic. It, it just seems, yeah, it's just a straight scroll right on past all of those. So thank you for saying that. Cause I am adamantly against 99% of the, the kind of the corporate canned pre-made stuff. And it seems like, I think for advisors, it seems like oh, but that makes it so easy. And I know that's the intention behind the parent company is we want to make this simple for people, but simple doesn't always equal effective, right? So we want to be really effective. So, okay. So we're putting our personalized posts out there. We're building this kind of content sandwich in each post that we're talking about. Uh, when did you start to see people like responding in a way that was like, hey, Moshe, I want to talk to you about this or, Hey, you know, about business as opposed to, I just want to comment on the favorite pizza joint in Brooklyn. So I was very fortunate that within a month, um, someone reached out to me, um, for business and specifically said, because you post every day and I'm seeing it, it's a constant reminder to me to take care of this. So that was very mind blowing to me. And it started justifying the time I spent where it showed me how I remain top of mind by being there consistently. So knowing that I'm, you know, I'm a remote daily reminder to people, whatever, however often you're posting, you're a reminder to people that this is what I do. No push, no selling, just people should know what I do. And when they need it, I'm the person they come to. Um, that's, you know, that's a trust you build up over time. So, when I had that and that person said that, I'm very happy he told me. And I, and I told him that I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Um, I just kept going and then never looked back. And then it took a couple more months to probably get another one. I don't know exactly. And then after probably maybe six months plus, probably longer than that, I, it started becoming more consistent where people would you know, reach out on a more consistent basis. And, you know, I wouldn't go months. I wouldn't even go weeks without something like that. Amazing. So right now, would you say, how many people would you say reach out to you in a given week? Um, so it's more depending on the, the week and the type of posts and the time of year. Um, it's a few a week, I would say. Um, maybe probably less than that, actually. Uh, meaning the, when someone reaches out to you asking, for business. That's the hottest lead you can get. I'm sure anyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's not, not much work that has to be done. So, so those convert a lot better than, you know, for any industry, those will convert a lot better than reaching out to anyone. Um, so I, those clients, I mean, it could be two a week, maybe. That's amazing. Yeah. And, but because they convert at a pretty high level, it's good. That's really good. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about how much time does it take for you to execute the strategy? Are you doing it yourself? Do you have a team member or anyone helping you? Are you planning stuff in advance? Do you have like a content calendar or kind of a rough 
idea of themes that you want to carry forward? Or is it just sort of uh, whatever Moshe's morning coffee tells him to, to post today is the post of the day? All right. So loaded question. Um, I'll try to cover all of that. Um, I don't have a strategy specifically, but I am strategic. That's, that's the difference, I would say. And not that either are right or wrong. Many people have very strict strategies and it works really well. For me personally, I, I have an overall idea of what I want to do. And I'll get into that. But I don't, it's not like extremely, uh, you know, granular. Okay. Um, so the way I post for the most part is I'll do, I have two kinds. I'll have the ones I mentioned before, which are big picture many people can interact, draws in a crowd. So I'm drawing in the crowd with those kinds of posts and you know, build my following, build my engagement. And then I also have the more uh, you know, straight to the punch posts where I'll just, you know, whether it's a story about a family that was impacted or you know, a client story specifically or something about what I do. So those posts will get much less engagement but those are the ones that convert. Mm-hmm. So I'm drawing in the crowd with the big picture posts. And then the more detailed posts about what I do will convert clients. Okay. And so those more, po- more storytelling. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. It'll be more storytelling geared towards me or my clients. And, and I've seen it. Like I haven't actually studied it or researched my numbers, but I've seen like days where I post an impactful story, like, I'll have three people reach out to me that day mm-hmm. as opposed to the day where I post about pizza, no one's <laughs> reaching out, but you know, thousands of people saw the post. So the next day when I post something else, those people are seeing it again, maybe not engaging because it's not so interesting. They see it and it'll hit a few people at the right time. Okay. Amazing. And so when you are creating your posts, you know, would you suggest to advisors to have kind of a certain client niche or ideal client avatar that they're aiming for? Like, do you try to speak specifically to a certain segment or are you kind of just a scattershot and whatever hits with whomever is great? I think it's a little natural. I think whoever you work with, um, if your posts are, you know, true to yourself, they will naturally talk to those people. So I'm personally, I am part of a young family. I am a young family. Um, and I naturally, my language and my posting style will relate to those kinds of people. So oftentimes my clients are those types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, you know, an advisor talking to pre-retirees, <clears throat> the more you talk about on your maybe more serious posts, if you talk about, um, pre-retiree questions, business-wise or story-wise, then that's who it will hit. And even in the big picture posts, if you post about, you know, where would you want to vacation for five years? You know, that's not something a 30-year-old can really do because they're, you know, working. But maybe someone who retires can imagine that and they'll want to talk about it because they have those kinds of dreams. So I think naturally you'll just be attracting your types of clients if, because that's what you're thinking about all day. Yeah. And so I'm a huge fan of having an ideal client avatar In fact, for anyone listening, if you want to go back to episode number 10, um, if you need help getting crystal clear on who your ideal client is and how to speak to them in their language, 
Um, so exactly what Moshe is talking about, how do we capture their interests, their needs, you know, get into the conversation that they're already having in their heads um, as, opposed, as opposed to trying to like convince them to come into our conversation, right? So if we can enter them with the language they're already using, we know their fears, their buying objections, their um, really what their needs are, we can speak to that language inside of these posts. So thank you for saying that because I do think that is critically important for anyone who's doing any type of marketing at all. Um, so how, how much time? So like, let's talk about your LinkedIn strategy. Do you do it in the morning, afternoon? Are you checking it all day? How much time does it take for you to write a post? Are you writing a whole bunch of posts at the beginning of the week and then kind of dripping them out? So I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, <laughs> but it's been because it's been justified for me and that's my primary marketing tool. Um, it doesn't need to be that much. I spend probably north of two hours a day on average between the different checking in and posting and engaging. Um, but it doesn't need to be that much. Um, and weekends are less. Um, so I, the way I, I come up with my posts is anytime I have a small idea at all, any little idea I see, you know, oh, it would be interesting to ask people what their favorite pizza is or favorite cereal. Or, you know, oh, this client told me it's a story and I want to post about it. I'll put it in a note in my phone. I have a note specifically for LinkedIn ideas. And there's probably about 20 different things in there at any time, sometimes, you know, 30 plus, sometimes less than 10. Um, and then on a daily basis, I'll try to come up with a post for the next day because I usually post about 8 a.m. So I don't want to spend the morning really thinking about it. So the night before, I'll usually try coming up with a post. Um, and if I think of something that's good for the next day, whether it's relevant to this time or it's a topic I want to talk about specifically, I'll write that up. Um, but if not, I'll go to my bank of ideas and try to draw on one of those. So, you know, many times I'll go to that note and be like, these are all terrible ideas. I can't spend <laughs> on any of these. And then sometimes I'll be sitting on a Sunday and I'll be in a particularly creative or writing mode. And I could write out four or five posts from there, be like, wow, these are all amazing. And then I, you know, it sort of takes off the pressure for that whole week where I don't have to think of posts anymore. So I'll try to do that where I'll try to come up with as many as possible in advance, but it's really hard and you need that you know, stroke of inspiration. Um, so most of the time it's you know, the day or the night before that I'm writing a post for the next day. Sometimes I'll you know, wake up in the morning and be like, oh shoot, I got nothing. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, and then I'll rack my brain a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So we, I have a, a, what I would call, it's kind of similar, like a swipe file. And as I think of things, I kind of plop them in there. Um, I might do it a little differently. I, I would tend to, you know, so especially even thinking back to my advisory practice and how busy we were, um, have some time in my calendar where I would sit down and try to bang out a whole bunch of different things and then have somebody else on my team manage the actual posting piece. Um, but I'm curious what you think about being in there yourself to respond to the comments and the likes as opposed to having someone else to delegate that to. Yeah, that's a big topic. Um, I've seen people try both ways. For the most part, um, engaging, which is different than posting, engaging usually needs to be done yourself. Um, a post can be written by someone else. There are professionals who do it for other people, services, um, some are very generic and they're going to be like, you know, we'll post a business topic. Some are really good. I, I know someone specifically who has, she has a bunch of accounts that she 
posts that she creates the posts and I can never tell. I can never tell that it's from her because she does a good job of finding the voice of each person and creating posts based on that. But she keeps the person involved. So, the, mm-hmm. you know, that the business owner or whoever it is has to give some input. But no matter who's posting, commenting is a big part of the personality you create online. Um, whether it's commenting on other people's posts, which is very important, or responding to comments in your posts, also very important. So if it's if you're going to keep it very canned and thanks and, you know, great idea, great post, great story, those kinds of stuff, you're doing the same thing as if you were posting those, you know, canned posts. You're not really giving any flavor to who you are. You're just saying, I'm someone who's here to, you know, do my hours. And I was told to leave 10. Yeah, Yeah. I was told to to give (laughs) 10 comments a day. So here's my comment. You know, that's what it, that's what it comes off as. Okay. I love you for saying that. So in our group coaching program, we're doing a lot of branding right now. And we've been talking a lot about identity and personality and having a voice, you know, in your copy, in your post, in your videos, even in the language that you're weaving in as you're working with clients. So thank you so much for saying that. Cause I do think being able to identify yourself from the other advisors doing kind of the same thing is by letting that personality shine through. So those people are, are attracted to you and they're, they're, I mean, they're coming to you. So whatever you're doing is working. Um, <coughs> just another, so, just another oh, yeah. point on that. I think it's very natural that your own voice would come out when you post or comment, if you, if you're the one actually doing it. So you don't have to think look so hard about it. You can just be yourself. Um, but I will add that you want to be a little aware of, of staying positive in a way. Um, tone is something people don't, don't really sense in their own work um, where you might post something and, and one word of a difference with, cause the English language language has a lot of subtleties. The same word can mean this, you know, two words can mean the same thing, but one will have a more negative tone and you might not realize, but it can just set the whole post feeling like a complaint or something like that. So a little bit, you got to be aware of tone to try to stay positive. Otherwise people can fall into a, a little bit of a trap of negative ideas because those get pretty decent engagement, but they don't build the brand you want. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's super important. That's a really great call out. So thank you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, so a lot of advisors had questions for you about the LinkedIn platform itself and the algorithm. Do you pay for any sort of premium LinkedIn service or are you using the basic free available to everyone? So I, pay for the lowest level of premium, which is $30 a month. Um, I'll tell you why I do it. And maybe some people will feel like they want it as well. Um, but it's, I don't think it's so necessary. I paid, I paid it. I tried it one month because, uh, mostly because of profile views. I wanted to see who views my profile for the past you know, 90 days, whatever it is they show you. But I also wanted to turn mine off. I don't, I'm not comfortable having my, meaning I don't like that other people see that I'm viewing their profile. Because if I'm trying to message someone, you know, specifically to try to, you know, build a relationship or something, I might go three times in their profile to verify a detail. I don't need them seeing that I viewed their profile three times, you know? Um, so, <laughs> so you're I trying want, to I, so, not look like a stalker. Yes. I want right, okay. to have free range of stalking. So <laughs> I turned it off and then I was like, oh, but now I can't see other people viewing mine if I turn it off. So I tried, you know, the $30 a month. I was like, let's try it for one month and see what happens. And again, lucky me, I 
know that I got a client because of it. I had someone who viewed my profile, then I connected with them. And then they, then we, you know, got into the conversation and they brought up that, you know, something business related. And, and there are a lot of people, especially, in, you know, specifically in the financial advisory industry for a lot of people listening, there are people who want to work with you, but there's something holding them back. There's just a little something holding them back. And if, if they're already in a conversation with you, then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, not, this is not what I do, but you know, I have an IRA or I have a you know 401k that I want to take care of. And so that little thing, you just reaching out to them can be the final, final barrier that, that you break through for them. So I wanted that. And so it justified it for me for paying that $30 because I got a client based on that. Mm-hmm. And um, I kept it going. Um, one other small thing that it allows me to do is switch my um, on my profile from connect to follow. So I have you know, people automatically will, will see follow instead of connect, which is very detailed. I don't know if you want me to get into that. Um, yeah, let, let's do it. We're, t- we're teaching the people. So educate them. So connect is <laughs> just a two way street. <laughs> connect is a two way street where if you're connected, you see their posts and they see your posts. Um, if you're following someone, then you only see their posts. Or if someone's following you, they only see your posts. There's a limited amount of connections on LinkedIn. Um, so at some point, some people have to stop connecting. But also, like I was getting a lot of connection requests from pretty irrelevant types of accounts, a lot of spam and things like that. So I switched it to follow. And now people can follow me and I don't get you know, bothered by the requests from people who you know, have no relevance and won't engage or anything like that. Not that you want to limit to like only your industry, but mm-hmm. just people that are going to message me to, you know, send them charity or something. Um, so I switched it to follow. And what premium allows me to do is people can still message me, even though they only follow me. If I was, if I didn't have premium, they wouldn't be able to message me or they would have a limited amount of free messages a month. Uh-huh. So it just, it, it okay. takes away a little bit of the friction for a potential, you know, client process. Um, it's just a little thing, but yeah. I, it's not so important for people to pay for premium. Um, one thing that some people might want is search engine. The more, the, the higher the level, the higher the package of premium you pay for, um, the search options are much better. You're able to, to really specify where, what schools, what type of job. So people might be interested in that. Mm-hmm. But that's not anything that you've really needed to employ to get the results that you've been getting. No. No, amazing. It was okay. a little bit of a rant. So, <laughs> well, no, I, I, it was awesome because it, it brought up a couple of different questions for me. So one of the questions I had is, so someone, someone reaches out and connects with you or engages with you and you can kind of tell like, okay, we're like, I think they're wanting to do business. What does that back and forth look like? How do you take it from, they've reached out to me on LinkedIn to, okay, we're a client and we're taking applications. I mean, like, like I said before, it's the hottest lead you can get, that kind of person. Um, so I think it's just a natural flow. You don't have to overthink it. It's not like you're, you're prospecting. Like they're coming to you. And for the most part, if someone reaches out to you randomly and they want to do business, they're going to say it. They're going to say, you know, let's have a conversation. Now, they expect you to be really not pushy. So don't be pushy and don't, you know, force anything on them. But a lot of times it's just, oh, can we talk about whatever it is? And then I'll just be like, let's get on a call. 
um, you know, you don't want to really message because like we all know, a lot of things can get lost in messages. So I'll be like, let's get on a call. And then from there, it's just a regular process like it is for most people. I, I don't think we have to overthink um, if someone reaches out to us. Yeah. And so then are you doing most of your LinkedIn business through Zoom? Yes. I, yeah. all, all, all my business pretty much is through Zoom. Amazing. Okay. So, and then in that rant, I heard you do the other way around where you mentioned that, you know, you might look at somebody's profile or you might reach out to them. What does that sort of connect look like? Or what sort of language are you using when you're maybe the one initiating the conversation? So my brand is very much not selling. I don't actively mention anything about my business to people directly. You know, like I, you know, I mentioned it in the posts, but to people, I'll only have conversations about them or other things in life. I mean, we have to be honest where in you know, certain industries, people are not so likely to have a conversation with, let's say, a financial advisor. They're always a little intimidated by it and wary. Um, not necessarily our fault. It could be the history of the industries. Um, but, you know, if a graphic designer reaches out to someone and they want to talk, there's no problem. They'll just have a conversation because there's no threat there. So I'm very aware of the, the you know, quote unquote threat that different industries can pose. So I'm very careful about that. So I'll just, if I have something to say, whether it's someone started a new job, so I'll congratulate them, or they posted about getting married or having a baby or any little thing, I'll, you know, maybe message them about that. Just builds a little bit of a relationship and, and not to, I don't pursue the conversation too much because you know what I just said, I, I, I'm aware that if people don't want to pursue it, I'm not going to. So I'm not going to randomly ask like, what do you do in your free time where, you know, some other people might try that where it's a little <laughs> bit of a forced relationship. Um, but a lot of, a lot of the real relationships on LinkedIn come through the comment sections. Like I know so many small details on random people that I've never met and probably never will meet um, just random details of their, you know, their favorite types of foods and their vacations that they've been on little things. Um, not that I have a folder that I have it all compiled, but like in my head, you get a picture of, who people are in the in the messaging it usually is a little more direct and transactional um, mm -hmm. it's hard to just start a conversation for the sake of conversation yes and i even know just from comments on your posts or back and forth that we both know a, a few things about harry potter yes <laughs> people know that about me and anyone if you want to reach out about anything harry potter related please do well, it was funny because when I made that comment, I had no idea if you would even know what I was talking about. So it was funny. So we'll fill people in here in a second. Um, I, you know, when you were talking to, I wanted to ask, you mentioned that you had kind of two different styles of posts, these big picture, and then maybe these more like straight to the point storytelling type. What would you say is kind of the ratio that you, that you do? Is it kind of every other, or do you tend to do more of the um, big picture type. Talk to me about kind of your much strategy. more big picture, much okay. more big picture. Um, I, I, for the most part, I'm trying to draw in a crowd and keep mm -hmm. them there. And from time to time, I'll say it could probably once a week, meaning once out of every four or five posts, I'll do something more specific, you know, within let's say a five post week, because I'll usually post on work days. I'll do like three of those random concepts one maybe LinkedIn related or that, you know, over time happened. And then one direct business kind of thing. 
And just because I, I, I'm very aware of what I try to be very aware of what the crowd is feeling. So people get sick of certain topics. So if I post too many random ideas, then they'll get sick of that. So like I said before, where I don't have a strategy, but I'm strategic. I, you know, so on a random day, I'll be like, let's say I'll have three or four posts written up already and I have to choose one. I'll go through my past few posts and, and try to feel out what they were doing and be like, oh, you know, we could use this kind of post today or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but not, that's not a, you know, something everyone has to do. It's just the way I, I run my posts where I'm trying to, you know, hit different spots and from time to time, you know, be cognizant of, oh, I haven't done this kind of post. Okay. I love that. So what would you say to the advisor that's listening that says, okay, there are, if I'm sure if I ran a search of people in the financial industry, I'd get no less than 500 million of them. (laughs) What is making what you're doing so different or so unique? Is it, is it, is it consistency? Like, what would you say is like, what sets you apart from other advisors who are not doing this nearly as successfully as you are? Okay. So this is going to be a very cliche answer but Love it's it. cliche for a reason. <laughs> um, consistency, like you mentioned, and authenticity. And mm-hmm. it's a buzzword and I don't love saying it, but <laughs> it's really what it is. We don't have to focus on being authentic. If you're focusing on it, it's probably not authentic. We just have to be, be ourselves. Um, so that's you know posting in the voice that you have. So it's not posting your vulnerabilities necessarily. That's a very different topic. And that's, you know, I don't post a lot of really personal details. People can go through my posts. You might know really random facts about me, but people don't really know much about like my depth, but they get to know my personality. And that's really what you want to do. Now, for some people posting about their vulnerabilities and their past traumas might be part of their authentic self. And I don't think that's wrong. It's just for me, it's not. If you feel forced to post something that's a little too much, you know, a little too personal, uh, just because it gets more likes or someone told you to, that's probably not authentic. You want to just post whatever's comfortable for you. If you're really uncomfortable posting anything about yourself, then don't. I, there are people on LinkedIn who only post business stuff. They only post information about their business and they're fairly successful because that's who they are. People, people get a feel for who they are through that. Okay. I love it. And then I have one more question before we get to the big one that everybody asked, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what kind of metrics are you using or what are you looking at to determine what is a successful post? What's not, and what do I need to do to mix up my strategy? Are there any like key indicators? You mentioned comments, you mentioned likes, you mentioned engagement. Tell me a little bit about what you're looking at and what kind of says, yes, this is something I'm going to duplicate that and replicate that and do that over and over and over. And then, eh, this one didn't fare so well. So a little bit, we have to let go of the numbers, just a little bit. Um, don't get too hung up on it. Um, that being said, I, I'm a little guilty of you know, liking the dopamine and liking the numbers <laughs> um, and a little bit of a perfectionist. So I don't like having a post that doesn't do well. Um, but for me, comments is a big thing because they really get people involved. You know, likes... Are, are great for certain posts. So, you know, the most likes I ever got on a post was when my wife had a baby and I post something about it and that's going to get a lot of likes. It doesn't build too much rapport or anything. It just gets a lot of engagement. That's great. Who doesn't like that? 
but comments are a big thing for me, which is why I ask a lot of random questions and I, and I start and or end the post with a question just to, to leave that open for people to answer and, and always relatable, you know? Um, so that's, that's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. And have um, you found like, are there better days to post better times? Is there anything that you're doing that is kind of massaging the algorithm or do you not worry about that? So there's ups I'm, I'm pretty aware and, and I'm conscious of the algorithm and I treat it with a lot of respect. Um, <laughs> you sort of have to, um, it's the days there's ups and downs on all days. Mondays tend to be a little lower for a lot of people, but then randomly I'll post on a Monday and it'll be amazing. You know, I used to think Fridays were bad and then they turned out not so bad. It could just be, you know, in my own head. So like naturally the posts weren't as good. Weekends are also up and down. I think weekends tend to be if you more favored towards personal posts. So if someone mm -hmm. posts, you know, walking a dog, walking their dog on a Sunday versus on a Tuesday, the Sunday one will probably do better. But if you post a business fact on a Sunday versus a Tuesday, the Tuesday will do better because people, I don't know why it's a lot about people. The algorithm is a big deal. And so you don't want to do certain things like little tips, like posting a link in the post or, or something like that. Like that's just a little tip about the algorithm that, um, you know, because LinkedIn doesn't want you to leave the platform. So any post with a link won't do as well. But for the most part, think people, not algorithm. Um, people like blaming the algorithm for a lot of things. My post didn't do well because it got you know, suffocated by the algorithm. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that. Um, the, the reason why people will like a business post during the week is because they're business-minded. And on the weekend, they'll like more personal posts because they're more personal-minded on the weekends. And a lot of things really fall into that. Like you know, spacing in a post, which is a big thing. Like a lot of people will space out every line. Some people can't stand that. Uh, it's not an algorithm thing. It's just a people thing. People will read it better when it's spaced out. So mm -hmm. think about that a little bit, about the people behind the numbers. Are you finding, or I guess the question is, do you ever use pictures, video, or are you just straight text? I'm a little bit unique where I, I pretty much only do text. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, it's just, <laughs> I don't want to do video for whatever reasons. And I haven't, I don't have an opportunity for pictures much because my clients don't really want that. And I don't post a lot of really personal stuff like me with my kids or anything. So I don't really have opportunity for pictures, but mixing it up is a great idea. Whether it's, you know, pictures, videos, text, um, whatever it is, a lot of people mix it up and certain ones will get better engagement, but that's when you have to let go of the numbers where a video will get much fewer views but that doesn't mean it does worse. Video does a great job of building more of a trust. People get to know me through text, but through video is a whole nother level. Yeah, and I think it's a different person. Everyone has a different learning style. And if someone's going to engage in your video and commit two to three minutes of their life with you, they're going to be more deeply interested. So, okay, interesting. I love that. Okay, so I think we need a hashtag that's just respect the algorithm for this episode. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, because <laughs> we want to work with it. But at the same time, it seems to me, at least being newer to LinkedIn, that we want to respect the algorithm and we want to try to massage it. But at the same time, it can't, no one fully understands it. And you just kind of have to do it when you can. So having a LinkedIn strategy is better than having no LinkedIn strategy, even if it's not 
perfectly timed and a perfect mixture or perfect ratio of this to that. So I think what I heard you saying is just get started, get out there and do it. Okay. So are you ready for the big, the big question? I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> so everybody, everybody wants to know when you have a corporate compliance department, and I know you want to be careful here. So share whatever you're willing to share. Um, how do you manage this with compliance? So, yeah, this is a this is a big question. Um, <laughs> and I'll just say it again. This is all in my personal capacity. Um, compliance, there's no real way around compliance. Um, ultimately, they're there to help us. And I, I'm in touch with my compliance department and I and I respect them and I understand why they do what they do, but it can be cumbersome at times. So a little bit, it could be a motivator to keep things personal because I know, I know for the most part, compliance departments, for I think in most organizations, won't really be on top of fully personal posts. Like you won't necessarily need that approved or those kinds of things because the same way you can post on your own you know, texting group, whatever you want, or I can speak by my brother's wedding and make a toast without compliance approving it, I hope. Um, anything really personal you can do and always, you know, if, if it's really personal. Um, so that's, that's one thing. I would also add, let your headline do work for you, where you can't, you don't have to mention anything business related and you, and you don't have to be worried about personal posts, not conveying what I do, because it says right there what you do. And the more you post, the more people see it and they see that headline, tagline, whatever you want to call it, they see it right under your name. So let that do a little bit of work for you. And if you're going to post business things then you've got to bite the bullet, that's, I, I think so. Um, yeah. I, as much as I said, respect the algorithm, uh, way more respect compliance. The algorithm can't do, can't do you any harm really. <laughs> respect compliance. Okay. Got it. We've got our two uh, hashtags for the episode here. So, okay. So I hear you saying like, if you're keeping, if you're doing what you're doing, where you've got these bigger picture um, in some of this more like storytelling type, it's not necessarily something that you're naming product. You're giving rates of return. You have all these things that require links and disclosures and all this stuff. I've so been in gray area. I, I, I have, I've been working to try to be better and to do things the right way. Um, there's a lot of gray area, but you can really do a better job. It's, it's a little bit of a motivator to, to just go personal. And while that may be a little too much for people, that might be the final push where you don't really have a choice. Um, but yeah, I, 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 we can all do a better job, I think, to make our compliance departments happier. Wow, without getting too vanilla, right? <laughs> without just posting their stuff. Well, that's what they'd be happy with. <laughs> they would be thrilled. No, they no really, I, I happen to like my compliance <laughs> department, and they uh, they're pretty they're pretty good about it. Yeah, and I think you make a great point when you say they're here to help protect you from accidentally making a mistake, or you know, being an imperfect human or doing something you're not supposed to do. Um, so I know we need to wrap up, but before we do. I have, well, first of all, we mentioned this a couple of times. So now I need to know what is the best pizza in Brooklyn? The best pizza in Brooklyn. It's, it's too big of a question. Um, <laughs> you, you're already, you're already jumping past the Brooklyn versus Chicago question. And <laughs> I don't want to alienate too many people. So I'm going to plead the fifth. 
Okay. Okay. That's, that's, I'll take it. That's very diplomatic of you. Um, so before we go, I always like to ask my guests, you know, what are two things that are, you know, either practices or software or tools, templates, whatever it is that you have sort of found and adopted that you use to help you run your business more effectively? Okay. So I have to say LinkedIn for one of those. I fell, <laughs> I fell into it. I didn't, when I started in this industry, I didn't plan on, you know, be, you know, having most of my business being from LinkedIn, but it just, it happened. And that has allowed me, like I said, to do so many things and to not have to do uncomfortable things. The other, the other one, which we also mentioned is Zoom. Just we've all been adapting to it, but fully, fully going in to Zoom has really helped me where more of the mindset of doing Zoom, where I used to try to, you know, oh, I want to do in person because it's better, more effective. Zoom's not as good. And then at some point I was just like, I'm just going to do Zoom because it saves so much time and it's as good. And I, I started telling myself that it was as effective. And guess what? It became as effective. I'm not a big mindset head games kind of person, or at least I wasn't. And then I just realized like, when I told myself Zoom was totally effective, it became that way. And now I just, the comedians of just strolling into my office, which is in my house and just, you know, getting on a Zoom call and then leaving it a second later, whenever it's over, it's amazing. Love it. Well, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. And I know many of the advisors listening just have no idea where to start for prospecting on LinkedIn. And today you have been just given them an awesome track to start on and to run on. And I know there was absolutely nothing in this for you to do this for me. So thank you so much for your generosity. It means a lot to me when I find people who are willing to just share so openly. And like I said, I know these tips and strategies are going to make a, a big difference for people who are willing to take them and implement them. And I'm just so grateful to have you here. And of course, you know, my brain is going crazy now going, okay, how do I create systems and processes around this to make this even more effective and more efficient and more strategic? So I am super excited. Thank you so much and really, really appreciate you. Really my pleasure. Um, I enjoyed this. And if anyone has more questions about it, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. More than yes. happy to help um, because we didn't get into so many things. There's just, there's so much <laughs> to talk about and each individual is different, but I love talking about it. And I hope that a lot more people can, can use it and see it for what it is. Well, fabulous. Well, I will link your LinkedIn account in the show notes and anything else that we mentioned today. Perfect. Thanks so much. Okay. Wow. Honestly, that conversation was not what I was expecting. And at the same time, it was exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> so what I mean by that is that his strategies aren't really complicated, right? They don't require as much thought and effort as maybe I would have imagined coming into this conversation. And it's still crazy, crazy effective. And what I was pleasantly surprised by was that it was simple. And I'm not saying Masha doesn't deserve mad props for what he's built because it is unreal. And I am super blown away by his LinkedIn presence. But it's like my favorite Tim Ferriss question, what would it look like if this were easy? So if I recap this conversation, what I heard and what I'm taking away from it is consistency is key. Try things and see if they're working and then double down on what's working and eliminate what's not. Being present and engaging with others, and this fits the theme 
that you've heard many times here on the podcast of give, give, give without asking, right? Just give. Engage. Don't expect things in return. Loved that. I also heard Masha say that he has two types of posts. The first one being big picture, designed to engage people or to be thought-provoking, the one we called a sandwich post. That's really to build awareness and to generate comments and engagement. Then I heard him share the second type of post is more of a storytelling style or straight to the point post where he actually talks about what he does. And in those styles, being authentic to who you are and letting your brand identity and your voice show through. And I heard him say, just start. And I'm glad that he said it's going to be cringe worthy at first, which I love that he shared. And don't overthink it. Just do it. Just get started. So, of course, my brain is just going crazy around building some systems and processes to take what I learned here today and to streamline those for you guys. I'll post some ideas in the Efficient Advisor community surrounding how to systematize this LinkedIn process. I'll also link Masha's LinkedIn profile in the show notes where you can go observe his strategy live and you can get up close and personal with what he's putting out there. And while you're out there, I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn too. I learned some little tips and tricks from Masha that I am going to test and try, and I'll keep reporting back as always as I continue to learn more about this new-to-me platform. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you automatically get all of the episodes in this March Marketing Madness series. Until next time. (laughs) 